0: Welcome to the Fiercely Faye podcast. I'm your host, Ali Faye, entrepreneur, online coach, and your wellness bestie. Here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development, this podcast is designed to help you expand your mind, shift your perceptions, and be more present. So turn the volume up and put your headphones on. Let's go live life fiercely. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Fiercely Fae. I have another really great one for you guys today. This one really hits home. I hope that I don't get emotional with it. If you guys follow me on social media, I talked about how I wanted to be a lot more vulnerable, a lot more open about my story. Um like my life story, but if you take my story, you can break it down into different segments or different chapters because it's not one thing or two things or three things that I experienced. It's a lot of different things at different parts of my life. And it took years and years and years to really heal from all of that. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I know that I can be very extreme Okay. Especially if you follow me. Okay. Especially when it comes to fitness. Okay. And that was a huge part of my healing. And right now it's a huge part of my life in terms of feeling good and staying on track and staying in a routine that serves me. And I wanted to share sort of the three-step mindset of how I got through some of my toughest struggles. And the last one being in 2016, 2017 was a extremely, extremely violent um, relationship where police were involved. My friends from across the country were involved through online because they reached out for help. There was just a lot. And that whole thing is, is a story for another day. But I want to talk about The mindset that got me through the healing after that, because that was an extremely, extremely traumatic experience for me. And I think that I handled it pretty well considering, and I just kind of like, I've always just been in survival mode since a very young age. So when these things kind of happen, it takes a lot to break me, And I almost find it like a challenge, like, (laughs) like, okay, like not anymore. Okay. This is like old toxic mindset of Ali. But before I used to see these things as like a challenge. Like you think you can break me? Let's go try it. Like try and break me because I always felt like, okay, you can try and break me, but I feel like I can heal you. Right. Who's ever been in that situation where you feel like you can fix another person. So you stick around longer than you normally would. And like other people are like, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Why are you still sticking around? Like none of this is good. None of this is healthy. None of this benefits you. What the hell are you doing? Right? And a lot of us, we have different reasons for why we stick around longer than we should. There's a lot of different reasons. Okay? Some of you might feel like it was, you finally felt Like you received the attention that you didn't get when you were, you know, when you were a child. A lot of it might be um, you finally felt loved, right? Or it was the type of love that you're familiar with. If you grew up in a very toxic environment as a child, then that's what your version of love is and you stick around. And it's not just like your intimate relationships. I'm talking about like friendships too, Right? If you grew up and had a toxic family, then you kind of seek that out in your in the relationships with people as you grow up. right? It doesn't mean that it's right, but it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong about it if that's all you know. You don't know any different. So there's a lot of different things of why people stay in things longer than they should. Um, So I just that's, you know, we can dive that dive a little bit deeper into that on another episode. But I want to share with you guys the three step mindset that really helped me heal after those experiences after especially after my domestic abuse relationship, because that was probably one of the heaviest things that I went through. And that was the most recent one um in 2016 2017 and I've been single ever since <laughs> and we're 2023 um so just to give you guys you know some some context and some background um I had just moved out from my previous ex that I was with for 3 years he had kids so I was a stepmom for 3 years and I was just living a life that I wasn't happy with that was when I was going through my 3 year eating disorder um, you know, the worst time in my life, physically and mentally, everything else. So I broke things off and just said, you know, like this isn't the life for me. I'm in my prime twenties, <laughs> like I'm in college. I like I want to be living a different life than being a parent, like being a step parent. So and kind of following the footsteps of somebody else. So after that, that was in 2016, and then like very early 2016. Okay, I was 26. And I moved out, I moved into a place with my girlfriend that I knew from college at the time. She had a daughter and it was just her and her daughter living in a two-bedroom townhouse. So they had plenty of room um, for me, my husky and my cat. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much all I had, a bed, a dresser and the clothes on my back. So I didn't have furniture, I didn't have too much. And um, yeah, so college finished at the... I guess, end of 2017, like May, June of 2017. And I had just met this guy and we got along really well and we had a lot of fun. And I was in the middle of, you know, just about finishing college and looking for a new place to move out for my girlfriend's place and to, you know, get my own place. And I was looking for jobs. So like a lot was about to happen and I was trying to like plan all this and figure it out. And in the middle of that, I had just met this guy and we were taking things really slow and it was working really well and it was only like a couple of months in, like it was very new, very fresh and he said to me, you know, we know it's super, super early, <laughs> oh my God, cringe, I can't believe I'm about to tell you guys this, he's like, you know, it's super early and like we barely know each other still and you know... I have a big place and I have extra room and I know that you're looking for a place and da da, da, da da whatever. Long story short, he's like, if you want, like you can move in with me and you know, we can live together and build a relationship that way. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. At least we tried, right? But it's an option if you want, instead of like finding a new place, signing a new lease, and then you know, in a year we moved in together anyway, or whatever. Okay? So me, in the place that I was at that time, I was like, honestly, this would help me out huge, and we're together almost every day anyways, and where he lived was so much more convenient, and like, it just made sense, okay, at the time, I thought. (laughs) It just made sense, but if you're listening to this, do not do this, okay? Learn from my mistake. You don't know who you're moving in with. You don't know their habits behind closed doors. You don't know anything about this person. You don't know their history. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do not move in with somebody within a couple months of meeting them. Oh my God. Anyways, Allie at the time was like, yeah, this is a great idea. It makes sense on every, you know, on every box. Let's do it. So I moved in and finished college. And then that was the start of probably the worst few months of my entire Friggin life, And I've been through some other things, but you know, really young and really deep things. And I went to court for a few things, but this was, I think a lot worse because I'm older and you just understand things differently. You experience things differently. You absorb it differently. Um, Yeah. So anyways, so I moved in and I still had a little bit left of college to go through, like maybe a few weeks and then I was done. So then I was still working part-time while I was in college in those few weeks while I was living with him. Okay? It only started getting really bad, <laughs> I say only, pretty much right away. Like I would say the first month, two months was fine and keep in mind summer is just beginning. So we're June. My birthday's in June as well. It was the worst birthday I've ever had in my entire life, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, so summer is just beginning, you know, that's when people start to party a lot, people start to drink a lot, people start doing, you know, maybe not start, but they do a lot more staying up late and doing drugs and like all these things, right? So yeah, um, so it was a lot of that. It started getting really bad, you know, two, three months in of me living there and pretty much the whole summer was a write off and he was extremely extremely violent he was doing coke all the time which i had no idea for the longest time because i was so naive back then um and he was an alcoholic which i didn't really see because i was like oh it's summer you want to drink wine every night like a bottle of wine to yourself every single night and then not eat until 10 p.m like yeah sure it's patio season like whatever like i just saw so many excuses in my mind which, like, now to this day, I'm like, no, you were just naive and, like, blind. um But, yeah, he was a super, super heavy drinker, alcoholic, and he was doing coke all the time. All the time. And it was when he was drinking that it was the worst, but then he would do coke and he would, like, calm down and he would be, like, very nurturing and like calm and soft and he would sit down and apologize and like you know like I don't know if you guys have ever experienced an alcoholic and a you know a drug user it's two completely different things right a lot of people think like drugs make you like insane but it's not it's literally like the alcohol like the alcohol fucks you up and like gets you road rage and like angry and then like the drugs kind of like mell you out and like calm you down a little bit and it's like such a roller coaster of emotions and like you're dealing with somebody who also grew up in a very like hostile environment with his father and just a lot of like drugs and alcohol and anger and violence. But you don't know this because you've just met this person a few months ago and now you're living in his house. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like do not move in with people right away, okay? Okay. I would say at least wait like a year, maybe two or three. Like meet the family, get the history, see what their daily habits are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So lesson learned. But anyways, so long story short, um, after all of that, I finally, finally was able to move out. Now, the reason I'm gonna break this down really quickly too. The reason why I stayed, you know, I was only there for like seven months or eight months, I think. The reason why I stayed there longer than I should have was because I couldn't stay with a lot of my friends because I had a huge husky dog, I had a cat, I had all of this baggage, and I had to find somewhere where I could stay with like my dog and my cat and like dealing with all of this and have it close to work and everything else. And me, I guess I'm still kind of like this, in my mind, I'm strong enough and brave enough and courageous enough. And I don't think this is brave or courageous at all, but at that time I was like, I'm strong enough to deal with all of this shit, my personal shit behind closed doors rather than burden somebody else, rather than burden a friend or a family member or burn a bridge, right? This is my problem to fix, my problem to figure out. And it was easier for me To deal with him and to deal with what was going on at home than it was to, you know, involve people that I love and people that I care about and bring this into their lives. Like they didn't ask for this, right? So a lot of people for a very long time didn't know what was going on and I kept everything very private and then people started seeing like I wasn't okay. And during the winter or like not winter, but like um, like, uh, November, December, because December is when I left. So like November, December, if you know Ottawa, Ontario, like we have snow and it's like minus 25, like it's freezing. There were a lot of nights where he would steal my house key and I like me and Gypsy, me and my cat would be stuck sleeping outside in the driveway between the car and the house because there was no snow there. He would park like underneath their bedroom balcony and there would be no snow there. So I would be stuck outside in the middle of winter all night long, freezing to death, sleeping with whatever clothes I had on my back, like my jacket, and I was using my, like, gym bag for a pillow. The amount of times I did that, like, I don't I couldn't even count anymore. Like, it's just been so many times. The amount of times that I came home and, like, I was locked out of the apartment and all my shit was smashed and thrown around and, like, all my clothes were thrown down the hallway or thrown outside on the balcony, like, it was crazy. But I would rather deal with that and then just wake up. I'm losing my voice. (laughs) I would rather deal with that and wake up and go to work the next day and pretend like nothing happened and barely any sleep and didn't eat anything. I would rather deal with that than burden the people that I care about and the people that I love, my friends. And I didn't have any family around at all in Ottawa. I had no family. My family's not from there. So, yeah. So dealing with that was, you know, for me at the time, like – took a huge toll on me but I didn't realize that yet because I was just like I'm I'm very good in survival mode it's all I've ever known since I was a kid so when shit hits the fan like I'm all in I'm like let's fucking go <laughs> like I'm here like let's do this like you're not gonna tear me down you're not gonna push me over like you want to fight like let's go like I'm gonna stand up and like fight for this so which is not healthy okay it's not courageous I don't encourage this whatsoever okay Um, but yeah, so going through all of that, I finally, you know, the police were involved quite a few times and everything else. Eventually I left. I was able to, um, I think I just like came home one day and I don't remember what happened, but, oh, oh my gosh, he had sold my bed on me. (laughs) So more of my things were smashed and broken and he sold my mattress on me to the neighbor and was like all happy about it when I came home. And he was like, yeah, like I sold the bed to the neighbor and like now we can just, use that extra room for something else. Da da da. Like we don't have to worry about that. It's like extra space for us, whatever. Um, And then there was another fight later that day. And I just remember calling my family, which lived two hours away. And I was a absolute mess, absolute mess. And I said, I need like, you guys have to come to Ottawa and come, come and get me. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. And within two hours, I would say within three hours, it's about an hour and a half, almost two hour drive up. Within three hours, my entire family showed up with multiple vehicles. They came into the house. He hid in the bedroom the entire time. And they came in and out of the house, and we packed up all of my shit, and we brought it downstairs into the truck, into my dad's truck, my aunt's car, and we packed up my shit, and I left. Now, I still had stuff in the garage and in storage that I had to go back for eventually later, but we're looking at the end of December now, just after Christmas, this happened, okay? At the time, I was also working retail and I was a manager, and it's like, if anybody knows retail, you know that it's like a blackout period is what we call it. Like, no one's allowed to take time off during, like, the three weeks, like, New Year's and Christmas and all that stuff, like, Boxing Day, like, it's just a big no-no, especially if you're a manager like it's just a blackout period. Like you cannot take time off. I took time off. My head bosses were not happy about it. My other manager and like the people that I worked with, my girls, like everybody understood because I was like, this is happening right now and I need to get the fuck out of town. Um, so anyway, so my family came up, took me and all my stuff. I dropped it off at one of my girlfriend's places. Um, we actually worked together and she had a second bedroom her and her boyfriend had a second bedroom and they were like you can stay with us until you find a place and i was like perfect give me i'm gonna go and stay with my family for the next week or so over um new year's then when i come back like give me like two or three weeks that way hopefully i can find a place for february 1st and i'll be out of your hair and that's exactly what i did that's exactly what i did so instead of like dragging my ass around like feeling sorry for myself and just like pity me, cry, cry, cry. Like, no, I grabbed my shit. I left. I went to my family's, spent some time around family, around feel good people, around an environment that was familiar to me. Spent New Year's with my family. And, um, you know, then as soon as New Year's was done, I was on my laptop in my dad's living room and I was just looking for places, looking for places. And it was so hard because February is such a random, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to find like a house or an apartment or a condo or something in the middle of winter. It's a random time. Like nobody moves in the middle of winter, especially in a province like Ontario or Quebec where it's like absolutely freezing minus 30 and like snow up to your chin. Like nobody wants to move in the winter. But I had no choice. I had to find something and I had to make it work because I wasn't going to be a burden to my friend and her boyfriend and live in their house for months while I just like diddle down around like no, no, no like I need to get my shit together. So I was actually lucky. I found a place right away and I secured it. And I was like, perfect. Like I'm in Kingston visiting family. When I get back, like I want to come see the place, sign papers, whatever. Did that. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Moved into my new apartment and I felt like I was on cloud nine. I felt like I was on a high. I felt so good to have my own space, my own environment that was safe, It was clean, quiet, peaceful. It just in a new neighborhood and new, like, completely new environment. Completely, completely new environment. And it felt so good. And that is when I started really feeling good again. And this is where my healing journey really started. The days, I have goosebumps right now. Oh my gosh. The days and the nights of, crying and of feeling so broken but never letting any of that emotion out because I was always in fight or flight and I was always in fight mode, always in survival mode. Everything was always pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. When I moved into that apartment by myself and I had that space to myself and I was in a new environment and a new fresh start, turn over a new leaf, new page, All of those seven, eight months, whatever it was of emotions came flying out through me and it was the best thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. When I tell you, you feel so light by the end of it, you feel so light. Like there are no secrets, there are no burdens, there are no, there's no more pain, there's no more, like none of it. No more anxiety, no more stress, no more fight or flight, no more PTSD. It's the most empowering feeling you can ever go through is when you allow yourself to finally heal and be open to it. So getting back to, you know, the title of this whole episode, so the three-step mindset, okay? The first thing I had to do after that experience was literally heal from the inside out. And I don't just mean like my heart, I'm talking about my mind, my physical body pain, because your physical body, when you go through something physically violent like that, and even emotionally, your body holds on to pain, your body holds on to stress. I had PTSD for three and a half years and it would come out of nowhere. I have a perfect example of this. So one day, um, I was working at the office at this point. Fast forward like two or three years later, okay? Um, I was going to the gym at nighttime like after the office. So by the time I left, it was around like 7 p.m. It was really dark out. I'm walking down the street to go to the buses and my best friend at the time, she, her office, her government office building was right downtown too and she, I guess, was working overtime and she was um, living across, like not across the street from me, but like a few, like not too, too far away from me. Um, so anyway, so she uses the exact same bus route and everything else. So at 7 p.m. dark out, I'm crossing the street and I'm walking over to the bus stop and kind of behind me and to my right behind me and like in the corner of my eye, I see a human like I just see somebody like bolting it for me. Like this person is running to me specifically. I have no one else around me. And I see this like this like white or like something, a a person, something coming at me. My whole body jolted and hit the ground because I thought I was getting jumped. And it was just my best friend coming, like running over to be like, hey, how are you? My whole, this is three years after I left that relationship. Almost three years my whole body. And I didn't even see it. It wasn't in front of me. It wasn't like off to the side. Like this thing was like behind me, this thing, she, she was like behind me. And it was just something that I saw in the corner of my eye behind me. Like, I don't know if she was wearing like a white shirt or something like a light shirt or something. I just saw this white thing coming at me a million miles an hour which which was my, you know, perception. And my whole body fell to the ground. I swear my soul left my body because I thought it was getting jumped. My mind and my body went into fight or flight and it was flight mode. Because I was no longer in fight mode anymore. There was no reason to be in fight mode anymore. But my body went into flight mode. And I panicked and I dropped to the ground to the sidewalk. And then when I turned up and I looked and it was her, she asked me, what's wrong with you? And I just burst out crying. And I just explained like, I thought you were somebody like about to jump me and like, you know what I mean? That wasn't the first time that I ever experienced PTSD after it. That was not the first time. That was one of many times it comes when you least expect it. You don't know how you're going to react, but your body will react. However, it feels in that moment. So I had to heal. The first step was I had to heal from the inside out my PTSD, my mind, my heart, my physical that held onto the pain. Different levels of pain require different levels of healing. I've never experienced this in my my entire life before. So what did I have to do in this first step of healing from the inside out? When I say I did the inner work, like I literally dove deep, okay? I went into isolation. I barely hung out with any friends. This was at the gym or just after on our way home or something. I was completely sober, like no wine, no drinking, no parties, no hanging out with friends. Self-development books, I dove into. I have a million. That's all I have is self-development books. And I would read them and reread them, put a highlighter in them, take notes, practice the practices that are in them, some of the meditations, some of the mantras. I started doing meditation for the first time ever in my entire life. I also did uh, live Zoom calls with some mentors because it was during COVID as well at this point. So this all happened in 2017 is when I left him. COVID was 2020, no 2020. Sorry, I was doing live Zoom calls with my mentors in 2020. Three years later, I'm still going through my healing. It was wild. Okay, weekend yoga retreats. It's the first time I ever did that. I literally dove deep into my healing. So a lot of you guys will go through th- go through something, and then you'll go out like a breakup or something like, or whatever it is, and then you'll go and party. You'll go and like spend more time with people instead of taking care of yourself, nurturing yourself healing your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I dove deep. It wasn't always sad. It wasn't always lonely. It was refreshing. It was relieving. And I felt like I was being born again, to be honest. It is the most therapeutic thing you'll ever go through in your entire life. Not to mention all the journaling that I've done. I've gone through a million journals just in the last few years. It's absolutely insane. I never talked to a therapist. I never talked to my friends about it. I kept everything to myself and I dove deep into myself. I sat with myself. I learned myself from the inside out. And not only did I heal, the crazy thing is through that whole healing process, through all of those years, Okay, healing is not an overnight thing. It might take you 20 years to heal from something. It might take you six months. It depends how deep you dive in with yourself and how deep the pain is, how deep those cuts are. But when I say I sat with myself and I learned myself, I started to heal that six-year-old girl that went through a traumatic experience because that 2016, 2017 relationship that started all this was just surface level. It was just surface level. And it wasn't something I did purposely. It's something that came out naturally, mostly in my meditations, mostly in my journaling. The books, self-development books, the isolation was needed in order to stay focused and work on myself. Staying sober helped my mind, my energy. The self-development books helped me dive deeper into my mind and helped me understand myself a lot better and helped me understand situations, your thought process, your perceptions, your ego, how you can change these things. The meditations is where the magic really happened. And with that, the journaling. So the surface level was just that relationship. But once I dived deeper past that and I healed from that on that level, then we started tapping into my childhood. Then we started tapping into the habits that I brought into my adult life from my childhood. It was a crazy experience. It was a crazy experience. So I highly, highly recommend if you need to literally heal from something, no matter how big or small the first thing you need to do is heal from inside out. Isolate yourself, get sober, dive into self-development books, do some meditations, some yoga, journaling, whatever it is for you. That's the first step. The second thing I had to do was change my environment. My apartment that held memories, my friend circle, quote-unquote friend circle, I had to change that. The things I was being exposed to or used to being exposed to, I had to let go of. It's no longer a part of me anymore. That's part of the old alley. It's part of the old self. I had to let go of my past in order to move forward to my future. Especially with all of that inner work I did on myself. I'm not going to let that go to waste. I want to put it to use. Right? You didn't just do all this work on yourself for nothing. So the second thing you need to do is change your environment. Let go of old habits, let go of old friends, old circles, old activities, the things you used to do. Everything that was attached to that old version of you, you need to let that go. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna be tough, especially if you don't like change, but it is necessary for you to grow and to move forward in your healing journey. The third thing that I had to do, and this is honestly probably the most fearful part of the whole healing journey, the whole healing process, the third thing that I had to do after I did all the healing, I did all the inner work, I changed my environment, changed the people that I hang around, changed the things that I do. The third thing I had to do was put myself out there again and at my own pace. I had to learn what I liked now. I had to learn what made me feel good. I had to learn to trust again. I had to learn to have an open heart, to be vulnerable again. That's a very fucking scary thing extremely extremely scary especially after you've been years in isolation this is where you know how I talk about how I don't drink from January to June this is where it stemmed from all of this I'm 6 years in now. This is my 6th year, 2023, 6th year doing no alcohol from January to June because it was part of that healing journey back in the day. It was part of that process for me, that isolation, getting sober. Not that I ever had an alcoholic problem anyway, but this was just something that I need that I did for me because it helped me at the time to heal from other things. My winters were for me for healing, for isolating. but the scariest part of the whole journey is putting yourself back out there. But you have to do it. You have to learn yourself again. You have to learn what you like again. You have to explore this new version of yourself and allow others to explore it too. Because this is where you get to apply everything that you've learned. All the boundaries that you've set with yourself and with others, this is where you get to put everything to the test. Did you really heal from everything? Are you really ready to meet new people again? Not just to date, new friend groups, doing new activities, going out again, whatever it is that you like to do. Maybe you took some time off the gym because it was a triggering place for you. Maybe you stopped going and doing certain activities because it was a trigger point for you, right? You have to allow yourself to go back out into the world and explore again as this new version of yourself. I haven't been in a relationship in seven, almost six, seven years since that guy. I've dated for sure. But now because my boundaries are so clear and so set in stone and I know exactly what I want, I know exactly what I will not tolerate, I know exactly who I am and what I bring to the table, I have yet to meet somebody that gives all of that in return and meets me halfway. I've met a lot of great people, but I have yet, because of all of this, I haven't settled. And I haven't yet met that person, met my match. And it's pretty crazy because once once you go through your own healing journey, like you really dive into that and then you put yourself out there again and then you really start to see not only your own growth, but how much growth other people really need to do still. And I mean that in the kindest way, right? We are all toxic in our own way, and I've done an episode I've done a podcast on that, but we are own we are toxic in our own self as well, right We're none of us are perfect. I don't care how long you've been healing for. I don't care how many bali yoga Reiki retreats you've been on. At the end of the day, we are human and we still have, you know, negative characteristics that we carry with us or new habits that we develop. You know, we're, we're all toxic in our own way. The only thing that you can do is go through your healing process, apply what you've learned, put yourself out there again, and practice and be 1% better every single day. But it starts with healing from the inside out. Then you have to change your environment. You're not that part of you anymore. Let go of everything that was attached to that old version of you. And then put yourself back out there and practice what you've taught yourself. Practice what you've learned. I promise you you're going to blossom if you do that in that three if you do your healing in that three-step process. The time frame, you can't put a time frame on healing. I don't need like in the next 5 years something could happen that triggers my PTSD again. It's possible. It's very possible. There are certain things still, it's been a very long time since I've been triggered, but there are still certain things that make me feel not triggered, but give me a little bit, like make me feel anxious or uncomfortable or just bring me back to that kind of, you know, that old mindset of that old feeling. And it's when people are like screaming, like children screaming and crying, especially in stores or in a small space. Or even like outside playing. If kids are like screaming high pitched, it's very triggering for me. If people are talking and they're always like yelling over the radio instead of turning the music down, like that's very triggering to me. Loud noises. Whenever there's like a big, and I work in a gym. I'm in a gym 24-7. People doing like deadlifts and stuff that just like smash on the ground like while I'm with my clients, it like makes me angry. Like I get so triggered by it all of these loud, loud noises are things that trigger me. So that's something else that I've been working on a lot lately because it's been a lot more, it's been happening a lot more recently in the last like a year or so. So even though like my PTSD is not so extreme now because I've healed different things on deeper levels, I still deal with certain things differently every day. So you can't, you know, and we're six years later since all of this happened, since that relationship. So you can't put a time frame on your healing. You just can't. But go through that three-step process. Go through that three-step mindset. Heal from the inside out. Change your environment and then put yourself out there at your own pace. Slowly expose yourself to things again slowly go back out with your friends or new friend groups or meet new people maybe it's starting a new job getting a new apartment to be in a you know a new neighborhood a new environment that doesn't have those memories i did it all i even moved across the country <laughs> i was like i'm out of here with these friends i'm out of here with this same you know house and the apartment and the, doing the same things every weekend and just same lifestyle like i'm out that that version of me is gone, it's time for change. So I went the extreme, I moved across the country, just like that, and I started over. New job, new gym, new environment, new apartment, new neighborhood, new friend circle, and everything is a 1000% better than it ever was. I'm not saying you have to move across the country, go at your own pace. That's all I've got for you guys today. (laughs) I know this one was really deep and I hope some of it was, you know, slightly triggering in a way that it kind of lights a fire underneath you to make a change because you deserve better. And when you know better, you do better. Find what makes you feel alive and add more of that to your life. Start your healing process, whatever it might be, whatever that might look like for you, and go at your own pace. You don't owe it to anybody. Your heart, you need to protect that. Your mind, you need to protect that. Your body, you need to protect that. Your energy, you need to protect that. Your love, your laughter, your happiness, you need to protect these things. Go out there and get what you want because you deserve it. I hope you found this episode super, super helpful for you today. If ever you guys feel you need to reach out or you would like to reach out or if you have any questions, I highly recommend, okay, I encourage you, you can reach out to me at any point in time. I don't mind. I've had a lot of really great conversations with people over social media that have shared their stories because I shared mine and it's just so uplifting to know that you're not alone. Doesn't mean we all have the same story, that we all went through the same things, but the feeling of going through that, the anxiety, the PTSD, the loneliness, the sadness, you know, like the hurt, the pain, we all feel these things, right? You have a community available to you at all times, at all times. It doesn't always have to be the face that's familiar, you know, a friend or your spouse or your family member. My social media is a very safe space. So if you feel like you would like to reach out, send a message, tell me your story, I would appreciate it so, so much. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Thank you again for tuning in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So much love to you all. Until next time. And that wraps up another episode of Fiercely Faye thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you found this helpful. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share this podcast with anyone you think would get value from it. And remember, live life fiercely.